Browns running back Kareem Hunt has asked the team for a contract extension. Is it something the Browns should pursue? Is it in Kareem Hunt's best interest to remain in a tandem with Nick Chubb going further? We'll discuss that. Plus, is it time for a new outdoor stadium, maybe with a retractable roof, in Cleveland for your Browns? All that and more your latest Locked On Browns with hosts Jeff Lloyd and Garrett Bush. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound L. LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Your host, Mr. Garrett Bush, at GBush91. I want to thank everybody, of course, who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Whether it's your favorite podcast app, of course, make sure you're following, subscribed, or of course, now on YouTube, well over the 1,000 subscriber mark. Could not be more appreciative of the support you uh, the support you guys have been giving over there as we venture down this new avenue again. Just a, a another way to give you guys the best Cleveland Browns content we can day in and day out. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. So you're looking to get a little wager down before tonight's action. Go ahead and check out Bet Online where the game starts. As Garrett said, and we'll just go into it here. Uh, obviously, hope everybody had a fantastic weekend, Father's Day weekend. You got Garrett, nice thoughts on that. On Friday, of course, special times for everybody in one way or another. I mean, obviously, it's a great time to spend time with family or a great time to re- maybe remember some of the important members of your family that you lost. For me, great. last night, youngest daughter uh, graduated eighth grade. So uh, crazy for me to even say the two words that I now have two high school Ooh. daughters. Um, <laughs> first thing I said to my wife as we were walking out, I'm like, we have two kids in high school. Two kids Crazy. in high school. Like, when did this happen? Um, but obviously, my daughter, Hope, uh, congratulations. Uh, great day for her. Um, got some things to get in here today. Um, certainly more inter- most interesting, Kareem Hunt. And there's several avenues, and we're going to get into this with Kareem uh, on Kareem Hunt here. Some good, some good for the Browns, some just general about Kareem Hunt, which we'll get to here. Um, a lot of talk about, you know, whether or not, you know, the Browns need or possibly want a new stadium uh, for the Browns in the city of Cleveland. We'll break that down as well. And a couple of questions here. Um, you know, there's still you know, a couple of maybe roster spots that could use maybe an upgrade here before the Browns convene back on July 27th to begin training camp. But Garrett, we get into this here. Um, and Kareem Hunt to ask for a contract extension. For me, there's a couple things into it. A number one, I look at it from a little bit of an unselfish standpoint from Kareem Hunt. We know the player that Kareem Hunt was with the Kansas City Chiefs, the type of player he was, the amount of production he put up. He could easily say or be looking to say, look, I want to go somewhere where I don't have to deal with Nick Chubb on the roster, where I could get paid handsomely. I could put up a statistical output like I have shown in my time with the Kansas City Chiefs, like I have shown in my time with the Cleveland Browns on a limited amount. Um, The other thing I think is for – 
Kareem Hunt, and this is something maybe some people worried about when you know everything went on in Kansas City. He ended up getting released, does get signed here to Cleveland, now back in his hometown area. This isn't always the best thing for a player. You know, being necessarily where you're from, having your family close, having some friends close who may not always be the best influence. But for Kareem, it's gone very well to be back home. Um, so he's looking at this from this is a really good place for me. Also of the fact that, you know, he values Nick Chubb, really appreciates Nick Chubb as a teammate. And I think the two of them really, really push each other so that you, the Browns get the both, best, best out of both players. But I, I do look at this for Kareem, and the question would be money. What would it take to satisfy Kareem out? Because you're going to be looking at him as a player uh, as we know what your capabilities are, but we've already got a lot invested in Nick Chubb. You're not going to get the number one running back piece of the pie, so to speak. So it's very, very intriguing, you know, the way this would work out, A, for Kareem, B, what the Browns' interest level would be, and also C, what would be a working number that Kareem's camp would be comfortable with, and of course, what the Browns' front office would be comfortable with. You know what, I, I think this might be a, a move that might really help the Browns. And I, I think for one or two reasons here. First of all, everything that the Browns uh, do now is going to be um, kind of measured against how long the quarterback's going to be there, Deshaun Watson, or whether or not he's going to receive a lengthy, lengthy suspension. So with that being said, you're going to be running the ball a lot. Um, both running backs uh, are, are, you know, have missed some time in the last couple years, to be honest with you. Um, Kareem Hunt missed all a, a lot of last year. Nick Chubb for the last two years has missed some, some time. So my thought process is if you're going to be handing the ball off a lot, you're going to be moving around, you're going to be you setting up the setting up the pass, play action through running the ball. I think it can pay big dividends for you if Kareem Hunt's not looking for crazy type money. Now, obviously, he's not going to be getting RB1 money. Uh, he's not going to be getting um, something that, that's like, you know, a crazy, you know, $40 million deal or anything like that. But what it does do, it sets you up a little better in, in the case that Nick Chubb gets hurt for six games. Nick Chubb gets hurt for eight games, right? Now, it really pays dividends because you do have a bell cow back now. Now you can move Kareem Hunt up and give him those carries Nick Chubb, or Nick Chubb was getting, and Dearness Johnson can slide right into that third down back position where Kareem Hunt used to be and fill right in. So if you're going to be predicated on a run game the next two years, and you don't really necessarily have a number two receiver that you're going to be paying a lot of money to, it makes sense that if you're going to lean on that, why not pay Kareem Hunt? You're not going to be playing Donovan Peoples-Jones or Anthony Schwartz or any of these other guys. And you gave Njoku the money. But for me, I think it might be a good idea to sign him because to me, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of what is your play, what is your, your game plan on offense going to be if Deshaun Watson ain't here? It's going to be a lot of run, a lot of play action, a lot of stuff like that. Lean on the defense. Um, see if Jacoby Brissett can make some manageable throws. And so you're going to need all the running back help you can get. Now, looking at this a little further here. Now, if you are part of Kareem Hunt's representation, first thing you're looking at is, you know, you have no guarantees after the season. So God forbid, and knock on wood, you don't want to be in a position where something 
significant happened to Kareem. An injury like last year, obviously, you know, high ankle sprain, those types of things. That's something where, you know, free agency will be forgiving as far as, you know, signing you to a deal. If something unfortunately were to happen to Kareem, what are you looking at for 2023? You're looking at the one year prove it type of deal for a back. And we all know that Kareem is a much better player than that still at this stage of his career. Um, even whatever you view his age at, at as as a player, it's still you don't look at him technically at that age. His last few years here in Cleveland have been kind as far as usage, workload. Um, and another thing, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past, is with Nick and Kareem, there's a chance with the two of them working together as they have been the last few years, if it were to continue going further, there's a chance where you can talk about these guys still being productive running backs when they hit that elusive age of 30 because they've been kept relatively fresh here, their time together in Cleveland. For the Browns, there's certainly interest to it. Um, and it's funny that we're having these conversations because we view this front office as so analytic. And this is, you know, one of the things when you're looking at a team that is run, you know, structurally roster-wise under an analytic lens, normally the first thought is you don't pay running backs. Um, you just get a bunch of them. They're all cheap, whatever, one in, out, one in, one out, whatever, whatever it may be. But here is a team now that has invested in Nick Chubb. Here is a team now with a decision to make whether or not they want to invest in Kareem Hunt for their future. Like you said, Right now in that wide receiver room, and even possibly after this season, if you're looking truly to 2023, technically Amari Cooper's time in Cleveland could be one year. So now you're looking at a wide receiver room that you're not paying much money to at all. Um, and like you said, the insurance of having a running back that is something, again, now if this were to happen to Nick Chubb, you have a guy that you know has the capabilities of 300 touches in a season. Um, his receiving aspect is a special, special trait. Um, we saw a little bit from Demetric Felton last year. There's nothing that's going to change your mind to say, uh, is Demetric Felton enough to pass Kareem Hunt? There is certainly not enough to make that case at this point. Um, you have uh, Jerome Ford, who looks like he'll be a player in that backfield for the future. Uh, Dearness Johnson, for all intents and purposes, if he's not moved over the summer, you think maybe at that point you know, his time here in Cleveland would come to an end. I think for the Browns, it's something you consider. You value Kareem. Um, you love what he brings in the backfield. But it's a question of you know Kareem wanting to remain here with the Cleveland Browns. But is it also going to be a point where you know this is what we take and we value for you for the next two years monetarily where Kareem Camp is going to be okay with that, Garrett? Yeah, a happy medium is what we're looking for. Happy medium, are we going to be able to give Kareem Hunt something where he can, you know, he says he wants to end his career here. Uh, can we get do something where it's, it's friendly to the Browns where it doesn't, you know, um, hamper them from doing any other moves and making the team better? And can both sides come up with a, uh, with a number um, that in just in case uh, Nick Chubb is hurt, you got a guy that you know could be a number one back and, and most likely should be a number one back if he was not on this team. So I, I think it definitely made sense. And, and Dearness Johnson is a guy that they brought back for a year as well. I, I think it'd be pertinent to, to sign him. A lot of people may tell you you don't sign a running back, but 
Uh, it's all about what you do with your team, not necessarily the rules and regulations. And I see, I think that Andrew Barry um, have has shown that he'll he'll go out and do things that he thinks is best for the team, not necessarily what the uh, uh, you know what the industry standards are. And one last thing here before we start to switch it up, a lot of this could come down to how much time Deshaun. Watson ends up missing in 2022 because Deshaun Watson 2022 is on the cap for $10 million. If he misses a certain amount of time and does not, you know, get in the crude league year, Deshaun Watson's on the hook again for $10 million in 2023. All of a sudden that big spike in salary may not come till 2024, which means you could find a way to keep Kareem satisfied, keep your team happy with keeping a Kareem, you know, around for 2023. Just some thoughts here. Um, and, you know, Kareem, great player in his time here. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if it, something does work out between the Browns and Kareem long-term. I'm going to get some thoughts here on First Energy Stadium. Um, you know, whether maybe a new stadium is in the best interest of the Cleveland Browns, maybe it's in the best interest of the city of Cleveland overall. All that and more coming. Lockdown Browns, your hosts, Jeff Lloyd and Garrett Bush. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments, from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you are ready to pop the question or you celebrating an anniversary, a big birthday, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Build the engagement ring of her dreams or celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Browns listeners get $5 off. I'm sorry, $50 off of purchases, $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space. Again, LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, it ships for free, and it arrives in a discreet package that will not give away what is inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Locked on Brown Podcast. want to thank everybody out there for subscribing to the channel on YouTube. Um, as we did say, we are now over 1,000 uh, subs on YouTube. Now we just continue to rock and roll. I, I think it's really important that you guys hit that like button. Like button shows the YouTube algorithm that you like Brown's content, that you like Brown's content, that you like Brown's content, and they push our stuff out there. So continue to hit that like button. Uh, if you have not subscribed so right now, continue to subscribe so you can get ready to go for training camp. We're going to be amping things up before you know it. It'll be August. It'll be September, and the season will be upon us. You don't want to miss any of our stuff getting you ready for your Cleveland Browns 2022 season. Make sure you, you're definitely going to uh, follow me at GBush91. Follow at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, and both of those on Twitter and Locked on Browns on Twitter. This is a, a this is a conversation in radio where we, they said this is a evergreen right here. This is oldie but a goodie. If you ain't got no material, no guest, you kind of hung over, you you was drinking with the buddies the last couple of day, couple of days on the weekend. You roll out of bed and be like, man, I ain't got nothing to talk about. It's the summer. Just come out and talk about a new stadium for the Cleveland Browns, and you can get the four four phone lines lit up. You, you it'll make yourself feel like you're one of the greatest hosts of all time. But this is always a tried and true little uh, topic when we talk about the Browns. Uh, it came out over the weekend uh, that the Browns want a a stadium 
that's no surprise, but they obviously the publicly funded stadium, community funded stadium, that's also not a surprise because teams are not in the business of spending their own money for, uh, you know, stadiums and, and new projects, which is still to me baffles me. However, um, the Browns want a new stadium uh, and they're looking at the $1 billion price tag. Now, let me tell you something, Jeff. I, I, I think of it from one or two areas, right? I look at it as far as the economic impact on the city, you know, there could, I mean, we were just coming off a pandemic prior to that. Um, we were sandwiched in between a financial crisis that happened in 2008. So you go back to 2008, you rebounded a little bit in the financial crisis. The pandemic pretty much wiped all of that out. Inflation is running away. Uh, to the city goers, to the people that are, are paying the tax bill, um, people are still trying to find people to go to work. <laughs> like you got, you got for hire signs. Like you can't find nobody even to, you know, shelves are dry. They have a whole shipping and receiving uh, deficit. It's a crisis when it comes to getting goods and materials on shelves. I don't think it's the best time uh, in the world to talk about a stadium that's going to be funded by the community. But I will say this, do the Cleveland Browns need one? Sure. Uh, and if they do it this time, Please let me know. Do you guys know? You guys rushed, and I gave you a tag. We gave you a break. You rushed to get the Browns back. You rushed in 99 to get the stadium back up. You, the team came back in three to four years. You didn't know. Guess what? You got First Energy Stadium. First Energy Stadium, when it came out, it wasn't even state of the art when it came out. It was just a stadium. Uh, it, 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 was just not, it wasn't a jag. It was a jazz. J-A-S. That was just a stadium. <laughs> it didn't have no bells and whistles it didn't have none of that and plus all the rest of the facilities at least were smart enough to understand that you need something indoors so that you can get more dates out of the city concerts uh you, you know rodeos or whatever you want to go convention center type stuff you need a dome or a retractable roof in order to make sure that you can the city can capitalize off of the off days in the off season instead of eight games in the fall you need to be able to get some dates in the spring you need conventions you need a lot of stuff to be able to come in there and help pay for that stadium and if you don't have a retractable dome if you don't have climate control there's no way you can in, in cleveland ohio you can maximize that so to me do they do they do they absolutely have to have it today no uh but if you want to do some economic development, economic renaissance projects, it will make sense that they need a retractable dome and Cleveland Brown Stadium does need upgrades uh, in terms of that. Uh, I, I think when you're talking about this, this is essentially what it's down to is, you know, it's not even building a new stadium. It's building a stadium with a tractable, retractable roof. The Browns can use it for themselves however they choose. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, come in here in late December that bad boy's going to be open. You know, you get a team of less quality coming in here later in the year. We're going to close that puppy up because we feel that we are just going to be able to beat your doors. Um, but like you said, and with the things you said here, but, you know, what would also come along with this? You know, what would come along with this? The ability to host a Super Bowl in Cleveland, Ohio. The ability to host a Final Four in Cleveland, Ohio. These are things that would bring financial, you know, revenue to the city. But things that people don't necessarily think about with this, a lot of people love living in the city of Cleveland right now. Yeah, if the stadium came in and produced money like this, 
There's people who have nice apartments, don't live far from the stadiums. Guess what? Your rent would go up because all of a sudden the city eventually would become more affluent, would become more pricey, which in turn would maybe hurt some of the people who are the residents of the city now and love it the way that they do. So it's one of those things where, you know, you may ask for something and want something, but not necessarily always check the fine print. So it's a difficult situation from that standpoint. Um, for the city, it would be fantastic. It really would. But again, where is a billion dollars coming from? <laughs> it's a lot of loot. I mean, God, I mean, you know, I'm checking my pockets right now. There ain't much in there. I mean, that's a lot, a lot of money. Um, is it something that could definitely happen down the road? Would the Browns probably need, if the Browns could win a Super Bowl themselves, this is something maybe that we could probably talk about here, you know, where the Browns can contribute some more, maybe possibly to it. Um, it's a great idea and it would certainly be, you know, great for the city and you know you could get some of these large large musical acts to say yeah we'll come play cleveland in january and you know the where you can use that stadium from january uh you know till you know late you know obviously by may june you can play if the roof's open or not um but certainly something huge huge for the city um and i think the browns as a host city for the 2020 nfl draft obviously folks got to see some real i'm sorry the 2021 draft the folks got to see some really, really good things. Of course, you know, still restricted during that time, but you saw the ability of what maybe Cleveland could be as a, hot, a host city for a Super Bowl or a Final Four. It's certainly something to talk about. It's certainly something that's interesting. Um, it, it, it's it's a tough call, and you know, look, I've never stepped foot in the place. Obviously, you have many, many a time. Um, could they be in use of an upgrade? And this seems to be where the Browns are leaning. Cleveland says, yeah, we we understand we could make it better. Um, so maybe $150, 200000000 million to make the place better as opposed to a $1 billion price tag. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's one of those. And here's the thing, too. The Haslam is all, Haslam's have already bought all that land around the stadium for stadium re, re, uh, uh, revitalization. Um, they they're looking to bring 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 some other businesses down there, um, and they've talked about it so many years as far as developing the lakefront and making it something bigger, better um, that you can come down with your family and do other things. And, and the Cleveland Brown Stadium, First Energy Stadium, would probably be one of those things that that you would go to, um, you know, more year round if if you had other things down there. So they've already purchased the land. They've already um, started pro, pro projects and some of those uh, projects over here, up here in Cleveland. Um, but when you look at it, uh, if you can get the and here's another thing, Jeff, I'll say this. If the Cleveland Browns are this is the way it usually works. If the Browns are good, um, look at what happens with other teams. The Indians were good. They got Jacobs Field. Right. Uh, they started to, to you know, matriculate and do some things. They got a, a new stadium. That's usually where it works. You got to show them something. Fans, fans are very, very fickle. Uh, taxpayers are fickle. And guess what? If you do have a winning season, people are much more apt to sign up for things like sin taxes and taxes on money and taxes on different things here in the Cleveland to help pay for the for the uh, for the stadium. It's a difficult it's a difficult spot to be in. Um, you know, knowing that maybe you need it, um, but again, I mean, everything comes at a cost, and you know, for the time until it's ready to go, and it's not like you build these. Big, it's not like you just break ground and these suckers are up in you know nine months, twelve months. It's a long, long process. Of course, the building of the stadium would provide a you know lot of 
you know, jobs. Once you have a stadium similar to maybe what they just built in Las Vegas, a lot more jobs would be created. It's, it's a conversation to be had. There's pros and cons to everything. You know, it's one of those things that we'll see, but I think for the time being, it's not something that's essentially on the horizon for the city of Cleveland. Uh, we're going to get to a little bit more here. Um, still make a little roster tinkering that can go on here over the next five weeks before the Browns open up camp July 27th. Uh, we'll get into that here. Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, your latest Locked on Browns. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the finals of the NHL Stanley Cup and, of course, Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and, of course, everyone's new betting favorite, golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Locked on Browns podcast back in the building. G. Bush, Jeff Lloyd, make sure you guys are definitely checking this out. And we want to thank everybody for making Locked on Browns the first stop of your day. Uh, make sure you continue to download it. Uh, if you're listening through our podcast, make sure you, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast, you know, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Make sure you go ahead and, and download that podcast uh, as well. Obviously, the YouTube thing is rocking and moving. Um, so definitely keep keep hitting that like button. Keep hitting that subscribe button. So we're down to a couple of weeks before training camp, Jeff. And we're looking at the Cleveland Browns from a roster standpoint. There's a couple places where I think the, the Browns are still looking that could make some possible uh, decisions. I, I just did get some information the other day. I read it. Um, and Dominican Sue looked like he was going to be up for, you know, trying to go back for uh, a stint with the Buccaneers. Just read an article. It says, looks like that Dominican Sue um, and the Buccaneers, uh, those talks have stalled. And it looks like the Bucs are moving on without him. Uh, and he was just on, you know, a couple of days ago on, I think it was NFL, um, Fox or one of those stations talking about how he still wants to play football. Uh, you look at what he, what he's able to do, uh, for the last two years, he had 12 sacks in, uh, in two years, um, with the, with the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was very durable, um, uh, played in, in pretty much every one of those games and for the last two years, um, 60, 61 tackles. Still not not the Indomitian suit that he was when he came into the league with Detroit, but still a very formidable, nasty guy in the middle, a guy that can still play, guy still has power, still has some ability to get to the quarterback at a three-technique position. And for me, he's one of the guys that I would love to see uh, and, and love to see in here as a guy they bring in later on. I think they're going to – we talked about it a lot here. I think they're going to let the wide receiver position work his way out with the young guys. Uh, so that leaves to me the defensive tackle room as the the next uh, more the more glaring need of the team in terms of getting to where they want to go and continue to, to build this defense up to be possibly a top five defense. If you can get in Dominican Sue, I've been on that. So trust me. Let's go ahead and see what he want. He can't want that much money. You can bring him in. I don't even care. He play in training camp. He can play. You know what he can do. Just see what we got with some of those young guys. But that would be a big time move to get him and to bolster their defense. You uh, you talked about it a little bit earlier. 
you're a little more interested in the tight end position, right? Well, first things first, Indama Sue, and for this is the way the Browns approach this. Miles Garrett, Jadamian Clay. Look, y'all got everybody's phone number. Uh, until you sit down, yo, uh, Big Sue. Well, sit down, a little FaceTime real quick. We'll go pitch it to you here. And, you know, Jadeen can talk about how good this organization has been to him, keeping him healthy. Hey, it's worth a shot to make that phone call. For me, it's, you know, this team has been so driven for the last two years and not nearly as successful as they hoped by three tight ends. Um, with Austin Hooper no longer here, David Njoku going to take that jump to be the full-time tight end number one for this team. Harrison Bryant certainly going to be a factor for this team. Where and Harrison Bryant is getting better as a blocker. Uh, you know, originally a wide receiver, worked his way through the college ranks. Um, certainly improving on the blocking standpoint. Um, but I still think this team is in a situation where they're going to need one more. And you're going to look for just, and it's not going to be a big time contract, but you're going to look for some veteran tight end who has this appeal where the best part of his game maybe is the fact that he's a blocker. I, I'm going to give one name because it just makes so much sense. Kyle Rudolph. I know there's talks about whether or not Kyle Rudolph is thinking about whether or not his playing days are done. Knows Coach Stefanski well. Spent a ton of time with Coach Stefanski in Minnesota. Played this past season with the Giants. Didn't really work out in that situation. But it's a situation where here where you can bring in a Kyle Rudolph and say, look, hey, it's a million five. It's, you know, on paper, you can make a little more. It's a lot less work. It might be 15 reps. Some weeks it could be 25. Um, when you're on the field, you are not going to be a, an option that everybody is keying on. So it could be some easy success here for you. For me, Kyle Rudolph, he's got the blocking pedigree. He's got the receiving pedigree. It's not that difficult for him to come into this offense. There won't be a ton to learn, familiar with it with his days in Minnesota. But I would like to get one more uh, one more tight end in here with more of a blocking reputation. I know everybody talks about Daniel Fells, and Daniel Fells was somebody that we love. Darren Fells, I'm sorry, that on Browns during 2018. Absolutely loved him. But his reputation was never as a blocker. Um, did have success with Baker Mayfield, went down to Houston afterwards, did have success with Deshaun Watson, but I'm not necessarily sure he's the tight end you were looking for. You were looking for somebody that can assist here, Garrett, with the blocking game. And as we've talked about a lot, if you were going to have to get through that stretch without Deshaun Watson, where the running game is going to be a key, I'd like to sure it up a little bit more with one more tight end with a strong, strong run block resume. Yeah, I think that'll be pertinent. Especially uh, when you look at it, um, I, I don't think they're going to keep two fullbacks on the uh, on the roster. You might get one fullback. Um, you might not get any, but go ahead. Yeah, you might not. You might not get any for that matter. The, the Browns are a little weird. They, you know, you have two fullbacks and like three tight ends on the roster. That's a lot of spots for guys that are, aren't going to be very big and talk about catching the ball. Most of the time, they're, they're glorified runners or excuse me, glorified blockers. So. Um, yeah, I, I want to. I would. I wouldn't mind seeing another tight end here that would be a glorified uh, left tackle that just comes in and, and is able to block and do some things like that. You know, don't need one. We'll see if they got one on the roster. Uh, we we know Brian and, and Joku are going to be their top two top guys. We'll see if they implore more of a three uh, receiver type technique, or maybe they may have two backs in the backfield and shotgun split backs or something like that. That may be something they'll go to, but I do think they may look to get another third tight end, especially um, if you got 
three tight end sets, which Stefanski uh, ran a lot last year. So in a couple of years, he's been there. So, yeah, that's definitely another position the Browns can look to make and, and, and get some pennies out there for, for maybe a veteran that they know is durable and can, and can you know, memorize the playbook and get out there and give him some reps. Some thoughts and some possible work here for Andrew Barry and company over the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, as they finalize, you know, what's going to be the 90 that's going to be here in Berea, July 27th to begin the 2022 Cleveland Browns training camp. We got to some thoughts here on Kareem Hunt, uh, hoping, asking for an extension to, you know, keep his time here in Cleveland. Um, of course, the ever engaging topic of a new stadium in the city of Cleveland. And of course, you know, a couple of more, you know, roster moves that could potentially happen before the Browns uh, head into 2020 training camp. He is Garrett Bush, host of the Barbershop Saturday mornings, 92.3 The Fan. Of course, one of the main line attractions of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, Monday through Friday, 11 to 1, live on YouTube. Make sure you're checking all that out. Uh, Didi will be in there today. A lot of great topics uh, you know, for the, uh, for the show today. I'm sure they're going to uh, hit on the Guardians, which seem to have really start hitting their stride as a young team. I know always a lot of negativity towards that because you trade good players away to bring in younger prospects. But right now it's starting to gel for the Guardians, so I'm sure the guys are going to have some great thoughts on that. Um, make sure you're following at GBush91. For me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Questions, ideas for the show. This is the perfect time if you want to be involved to get yourself involved. We appreciate everybody that makes Lockdown Browns their first listen. Whether it's on your favorite podcast app, follow, subscribe to Lockdown Browns, leave those five-star rating and reviews. Or, of course, now on YouTube, more than a month in now, well over 1,000 subscribers. Uh, the support there has been tremendous. Again, as we uh, as we will say, we are extremely excited about it, but no means are we satisfied with it. Let's keep those no numbers growing up. This is going to be most likely the future of the show. We're never going to go away from the podcast format. But it's always, you know, a way for us to just continue to give you guys the best possible content that we can. All of this being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.